We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking about running backs and a new running back era right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. And I'm going to go back a little bit further because I think this gentleman, going back to the story we told about Dylan McCullough when he first came in, he was the true definition of switching gears when it comes to big-time talent at the running back position, and that is out of the St. Louis area. I got Jeremiah Love. The speed with this kid left. Definitely can bend the corner. Well, you love to see a guy that can bend the corner and can finish uh, these type of runs. You know, usually people bend the corner and get tackled by the safety or something. It's a kid that can get around the corner and still make it happen, which is the point of why you want to outflank the defense because those are the weakest de- tacklers and defenders. It's not going down by ankle tackle. He's not breaking speed either. So uh, just the legit open end speed, you think a lot of like a, a, a Charles Johnson. I mean um, – Chris Johnson, those were the titans. Being able to take something and, and, and have a third level of speed where the second level, third level defenders can't catch up to if they don't have the right angle. I mean, he outruns the safety's angle on this, and the safety was supposed to be D-gap. He outrunning the guy that has a responsibility from depth. And uh, that's, just, that's just something that you're going to add. You, you think of this player a lot like how we thought of George Atkinson. A lot of speed, uh, sideline to sideline. He can bend the corner. He's not necessarily going to run in between the tackles. But when you need to get around the defense – you can count on a guy with just track type speed, like how George was. Um, and that's going to be beneficial because uh, you think of a guy like Jadarian, who I think is more of an all purpose guy. This is a kid that you, you want an open space when you're throwing the ball to as well, uh, because he can uh, do well with the ball in open space like this, take advantage of the gaps and not break speed. I mean, this is a valuable an interesting piece that you add when now you're considering what what's the style of offense that you're going with. You got a superpower back that's been leading the team uh, for a good amount of time. And Aldrich estimate, are we transitioning into a uh, this kind of thing? 
we're 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 outside zone. We're trying to hit the outside and and increase them inside with some runs, or or where are we where are we going in terms of the fit for all of the running backs? I think Aeneas Williams is a great piece because you can do a lot of things. This is a running back where he needs the ball in open space. Uh, he can get around the edge, but he's also got some moves. And I don't know about his hands necessarily, but you know, at this point, the way Marcus Freeman's recruiting, you got to damn near do everything. <laughs> I need to see a couple of plays where he's tackling to make sure I know he's a Marcus Freeman recruit. But uh, you know, you love the fact that you can get the amount of talent you do, uh, and and now it's like, damn, I hope nobody transfers because. With us throwing the football more, hell, what are we going to tell some of these recruits? Hey, I know one thing. Their running back room is about to be best in the nation. Some people are going to have to make some business decisions. I can tell you that. Yeah, somebody's going to have to – yeah, because this is um, – it's just stacked. Yeah, some people are going to have to make some business decisions, bro. It is definitely – a, an upgrade in athletic ability at the position. When you talk about Jeremiah Love, when you talk about Aeneas Williams, and then getting Keijan Young in the fold with his power and his speed, and his ability to run inside. Like you told, you broke down this film. You said, "Look, that's inside zone with him all day, all day. You can just bang inside zone with him all day." Yeah, it's just a what's the rotation now? I mean, good grief, you know. Well, it's very Georgia-like, right? Georgia's man. Every year they use three running backs. We got more. That's the thing. We do. We do. Audrey, that are there right now. Chris Tyree, that are there right now. Jabron Payne, that is there right. All four are viable. Chris Tyree's a senior, so they try to move him to slot. Now you got three, but then you got Aeneas. Jeremiah Love, the Penn State transfer. Yeah. Uh, who else? Um, you still got your, you said Jabron, right? Yeah. So that's seven guys. Yeah. And all these guys are going to be there this year or next year? Well, they'll all be, yeah, next year they will all be in the room together. Yeah. Somebody's going to have to. Well, Audric's gone after next year, yeah. or after after this year coming up, right? I mean, he can go. He I expect him to leave. Yeah, I expect him to leave. Don't have to push him out. <laughs> Not push him out, left. I think he knows this is his monster year and his opportunity to say, "Yo, I'm going to the league." He gonna have to. Yeah, because yeah. it's just it's going it's going you know we love you, but. You had your, your little moment. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We love you. Unless you was Jerome Bettis. What we have is. Bettis you get, you still got to go. Question for you left. Chris Ayers, we appreciate you. Who has the higher upside, Kedron or Aeneas? I mean, with running backs, you're not going to know until they get there and how they use them. So, I mean, I would like to see them both succeed. Hell. It'd be better for us, but Jared Parker's got to uh, got to find a way to uh, got to find a way to find what's important in the run game. Who are we are we looking to be a a track team to get it outside and outflank? Are we trying to go to more all purpose route with Aeneas where we want to do a little bit of run, a little bit of scream, a little bit of pass, a little bit of protect? So I mean, if we're it's a good and bad problem to have. I think having an identity is is important, and identifying the best players is going to be even more important. And even more important than that is calling the plays for the best players. I think that's just bottom line. When you get into the, the toughest and tightest positions, you need to call the best plays for your best players. Yeah. So, it, yeah, we have a lot of good players. But who's the guy on the offense that's like, we got to get him the ball? Who's our Kyrie in 2018, 19? Who's our TJ Jones? Mm. Will Fuller? Ivory. I think we need two to three guys like that this year if we want to be a team that's worth being anything, but those two to three guys also got to be your best Doak Walker award, your, your, your Belitnikoff winner. Think about uh, USC. They got the Belitnikoff, the Heisman. Ohio State got the Maxwell and the, and the well, Belitnikoff last year. So you got to win awards with being these top two or three players that we call in a good lion share of plays for because those are the guys that are that are the you know you call it a haul it we had one last year where okay if we call this play to Michael Mary he's probably gonna get it and we move the chain. Alabama at one point had four or five. You had Devontae that's an automatic he was catching well he had like 10 catches for 200 yards something something stupid on the same field as a Jalen Waddle who gets five catches from 
180. And then, oh, okay, if y'all want to stop the pass, we'll just hand it to Najee who gets 20 carries for 306. You know, something that's stupid. That's stupid. But Najee Harris won the dope walker, and, you know, Devontae won the Heisman, and, you know, so Mac Jones, you know, all that. So, yeah, you need to identify the best players on the offense, and it has to be identified as that. You can't just, oh, we got 10 guys is catching the ball every game. That's not going to win the big game. It would be nice. But in the big game, I need to know who the stars going against the stars. What stars we got versus USC? Who we got versus Caleb Williams and, and, and whoever they got? Who we putting on that ESPN highlight of the, of the, of the big matchups? Sam Hartman? We rolling out Sam Hartman to represent Notre Dame on the flyer or the biggest matchup of the, of the year? Who we rolling out there? And I think that's important. And back in 2015, you had your pick. You put Ronnie on that thing, Q, Jalen, Will. You like, oh shoot, this it's a big. I, I gotta watch this. You know, you got Jalen on the field. You know, how stated was Jalen Will next yeah. to C and Michael Thomas. That's a great. That's a great game. I want to watch that. Who are we gonna put on Ohio State poster board this year? Sam Hartman versus. Uh, and then Marvin Harrison on the other side. That's not a has to be Marvin Harrison Jr. Has to be. I want to watch that, but but who's on our side? Who's gonna roll out? Who's intimidating you on the see on offense? That's the they're gonna be showing the highlights for the game. If they don't stop such and such on Notre Dame, it's gonna be a long day. Who they gonna say that about? See, that's the difference between why we don't get the respect in big games and why we always get treated like some underdog in big games because you don't think of one individual player that's not a lineman or a tight end for Notre Dame. How many times they didn't use Michael Mayer's picture in big games? I'm like, God, we is that all we got? We got? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Michael Mayer flash every like single every time. Every week, there's no right. one else we can put up on this poster board. They don't respect nobody else. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what they tell. That's what the media is telling me. They're like, damn, who can we put on here that looks compatible with who their, their team best player is? Our team's best player got to be on the poster. We need one of those guys. That's why identifying the best players and calling the plays for the best players consistently matter. Ohio State, I'm telling you what they're going to do. They're throwing it to Marvin. I would. We don't need to watch film to know that. But Ohio State got to watch film and be like, what are they going to do? They got Audrick, but he ain't the – I mean, I wouldn't call him the best player on the team. He's a big part, but Tobias is pretty good. But I don't, I don't know what they – we got to worry about saying Hartman. He ain't ever been, been there before. So who's the player? That's what hurt us against Trevor Lawrence in the in the, in the the Clemson Nets. It was Trevor versus who on the other side. And in the game, it was Trevor versus nobody on the other side when he wanted to take over. You said the Clemson Nets, bro. The Nets. We beat Clemson Tigers with DJ. That was a great classic game. Great went down to that was a great matchup. Two great teams, but when they got their 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 Barry Bonds back, yeah. And then we and it was the it became the Clemson Nets. It was Trevor versus the Clemson Nets, and Trevor beat us 
with his backup. Literally, it, it got close. Trevor was like, you know what? They can't tackle me. I'm not only going to run you guys over. I'm going to just bomb on you. So let me ask you a question. Let me talk. Let me ask you a question. Who was that? Who was that guy for? Okay, we know who that guy is for USC. We know who that guy is for Ohio State. The running back is that guy for Clemson, right? Who's that guy for Alabama this year? The way they talking, one of them freshmen, Jackson Haynes and Caleb Downs, what they talking, but you know they, I mean, they, they, they man, they are talking about Caleb Downs like he's about to be the next Ed Reed or uh, Taylor or something. Right. Yeah. Hey, so if that's just because they freshmen, okay, but listen, they're gonna I'm not worried about Alabama. They always pop out with a top player, like you're like, oh who they they had this yeah. guy in the tank. So Alabama, Georgia, we ain't Right now they they're they're cool, but when you talk about everybody else, they have a star player. Sam Hartman, as much as I think he's important, he cannot be the the, the poster child for these big matchups. But he but he is current. But he is standalone. I'm not intimidated by that. But Sam Hartman on a great mm-hmm. team, okay, that's that's a fight. Okay, we got something right, but. You put him next to a Marvin Harrison on the on the NBC highlight prime time. I'm like, oh, we're gonna win, but damn, we don't got nobody they try to highlight other than Sam. That's why we need that to be highlighted in the season game. I need to be like, damn, Tobias gonna be a threat. He had three touchdowns. Man, look <laughs> like just, you just you just felt like they just leaned on Tobias. Who have we ever leaned on that wasn't a tight end at Notre Dame, even including running back? The last person we leaned on that Notre Dame that wasn't a tight end was a quarterback, and that was Ev, maybe, 2012, and that was in combination with Ivor. Other than that, it was committee by everybody. We had a good little running game. You know, we threw it a little decently amount, some solid. And then it became the Ivor show, and then it went to 2015. We had the team. And right. That, and then after that, it became – a bunch of by committee again, you know, Ian Book show. So we need a we need a star player, you know, even on defense. I think Benjamin Morrison, I would I feel good to see Benjamin Morrison on the highlights, NBC with his seven pick highlights and expectations and all that, because that looks good on the poster. I can I can believe that. Yeah. Okay. I'm a little, I'm a little okay. I might not have to might not throw it their way. You know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do him justice on them highlights. They're gonna have something to talk about. One of the top corners in the country leading the deep. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. Offensively, we don't. You know, so that's the story I want to see. I think even I think we still have all the players though to have a, a team that can score a lot of points and do good things. But at the end of the day, superstars win championships. Lucky Nothing Podcast, bro. <laughs> you, what you just spilled is like the unadulterated truth. And Think it goes to Alabama was. You're Bryce right. Will Anderson with a, when it would all, it's like when you turn the TV on and the chips got down, as great as Alabama was, they said, we got to call on Bryce. 
And 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 yeah, we might we we slip some, but because Bryce is their best player, he kept that thing afloat. That's in that's in tough games. Even in the games they lost, it was like Bryce save us. And this is Alabama. And he was out there saving and, and ooh, that boy was cooking. We deserve to be, but that but that's also the number one player in the in the NFL draft. <laughs> we need that. That's the difference. And that's the truth. I mean, it's, it, you know, we we are not intimidating on that poster. <laughs> I keep talking about the poster. Because I got to think college game day hasn't been to Notre Dame enough, but I understand why. What's the story? Who who the – they're not coming. We had the best sack leader. Game day wasn't coming to see Isaiah Fowski. Like they was coming to see Chase Young. Like they was coming to see Joey and Nick Bosa. Game day was there. They said, oh, we got Nick Bosa. He's number one. He be lifting dudes up one arm, throwing dudes. He's great. Game day didn't come to see Fowski like, like they thought they should, like his stats said. He was damn near a combination highlight with other with other players on our game day. Well, like I said, if I was gonna, so we need, we need, we we get on ESPN for throwing, for throwing a touchdown. Hell, it wasn't even, and the catch was so crazy. <laughs> we need that. We need that. And to go along with what Lev just said, when we come back, we're gonna talk about even more disrespect. Towards Sam Hartman. It's one thing to take it from ESPN, but when it comes from a friend of the program, oh man, we'll talk about it next. Your audio edible, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. Left, I go to the athletic. And I go there happy, and I go there shaking my head. I'm happy because there's an article by Scott Docterman that says college football's sleeping giant. And it is a fantastic article about the job that Brett Bielema is doing with Illinois football left. It made my heart. Oh, it made my heart sing, Left. It made my heart sing, bro. Why are you surprised? It, it made, it made my heart sing, bro. I said, oh, my boys are being viewed as the sleeping giant. Because, of course, they have two more first-round picks on the defensive line this year. You know, even after losing <laughs> to D.C. You know. It's amazing how he's up there now. He, it's amazing how it's amazing how Illinois can find first round picks on the D line. But let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. They, they recruit out of Chicago. That's let, why. let me stop. Left. Let me stop. I don't want to get on my soapbox. It's not the time today. I just think that's amazing that Illinois can find first round talent 
Homegrown. I think that's amazing. That's why. Homegrown. Yes. So, <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast, subscribe on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. CFB Nation, it's very important that you lock in on CFB Nation on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for all of our great content. You already know, home of the misguided passion, we spend it different. I want to steer you in the direction, Irish fans, college football fans of the athletic. And Bruce Feldman, who's a friend of the program, Bruce Feldman's been on with us multiple times now. They decided to do their own college football quarterback tier. There seems to be a general consensus on Sam Hartman and where he falls, bro. And it's quite surprising. Tier one. Now, tier one for Bruce Feldman and Stuart Mandel, who helped him write this piece, is a little bit different than the ESPN piece because they only have one quarterback in tier one. And that's Caleb Williams. Like, that's it. He's that dude. Tier two, Drake May and Michael Penix Jr. All right, tier two. That's respect to Michael Penix. It's okay. Tier three. All right, I know this is where you're about to go in, so once I read the list, I'm going to let you have the floor. Tier three, Jaden Daniels out of LSU. Frank Harris out of UT San Antonio, KJ Jefferson out of Arkansas, Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina, JJ McCarthy out of Michigan, Bo Nix out of Oregon, Michael Pratt out of Tulane, and Devin Leary out of Kentucky. Okay, what matters is what's tier four and five? <laughs> That's what matters. Because, okay, you can, it's just a matter of who's in the other tiers. Because Spencer should have been called already. I don't know what's going on. You know, Grayson McCall, who is that? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm sorry. The kid we freaking was interested in. What the hell? Like, no. Tier so four. Okay. Sam Hartman from Notre Dame. Dylan Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. Tanner Mordecai, the transfer from SMU to Wisconsin. Cam Rising from Utah. They got him right. It was remember ESPN had Cam Rising like tier two. And I was like, come on. Yeah, Cam Rising is definitely a middle of the road guy. He's just old. Jalen Daniels from Kansas. Talia Tagala Viola from Maryland. And Jordan Travis is tier four from Florida State. Oh, they did Jordan Travis wrong. No, they did say in their analysis. But he got more to prove. They did say that Hartman and Travis merited consideration and conversation for tier three. But ultimately, Hartman throws for a lot of yards, but he also throws a lot of picks, 26 in the last two seasons. It would be interesting to see what we look like as a defense responding to that, because we're not an offensive turnover prone team. Yeah. So to yeah. put our defense in peculiar situations like that, even with last year, us doing the the picks like we did is uncharacteristic as it was. 
if he bringing 10 interceptions in the Notre Dame, that's going to change a lot. I mean, hell, we I don't even remember last time we threw 10 interceptions in the season. Shit. <laughs> what? Tyler had in the season? We ain't Season, yeah, we ain't Dude, I mean, but Tyler had what seven in like it, three games I, last year. I think Brandon had more than 10, but he ended up getting pulled for that. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, Brandon got pulled for having more than 10. So, shh, I wonder what they're gonna do with Sam. If Sam rolling, Sam averaging 13 a season, 13 over the past two seasons. Hell, he got outweigh that with like. 40 touchdowns. It's just amazing to me that, once again, the people that evaluate the position, I have more respect for Stuart Mandela, Bruce Feldman, because Bruce Feldman evaluates. That's his thing. He evaluates the quarterback position, has written multiple books about the quarterback position. So I respect him a little bit more than those over at ESPN. And for his list to have Sam Hartman in tier in this fourth tier, with consideration for the third tier, once again, in my opinion, fits right in line with what I've been saying. It's an upgraded quarterback. But he's not Caleb. He's not Trevor. He's not Deshaun. No. And if Notre Dame fans are expecting him to be that, you're doing a disservice to the young man. He has to come in and be a part of this team and win games with his teammates. Because I don't think he's a he's not an aircraft carrier as no. a quarterback. No. So we need him. Oh heck yeah, we need him. We need him. That goes without saying. But we definitely are not. We can't go into no primetime matchup with him being on the poster. Because from ESPN standards, or whoever these rankings were, you putting a fourth-tier quarterback as your best player offensively? I mean, that's just... You try to. That's why Vegas always takes the other. Okay, we're going to play a game here, recruiting game, Notre Dame style. I'll, I'll help you out with the, with the uh, questions. We're going to play a game. I'll ask you something. You tell me. This is Notre Dame recruiting right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Best recruit pre-internet rankings for Notre Dame.
on the team now? No, dude. This is going back pre-internet. So I'll tell you right now, it has to be Aaron Taylor, because Aaron Taylor was like Mr. Everything, like number one lineman in the nation, highly touted, comes in right off the bat. It would have to be somebody like Aaron Taylor. It would have to be someone like Bryant Young. Oh, this is pre-internet? Pre-internet. Best recruit. Best Notre Dame recruit. On what standard? On a hype situation? Yeah, dude. Because technically the best in Notre Dame history would be Manti, right? He was internet. Pre-internet. Oh, so you're saying, I thought his story was why. I mean, obviously he was hyped and ranked and all that, but still, like. Um. Demetrius DeBose was highly touted. That's a good call, Chris Ayers. Well, how did they go about recruiting, I mean, rankings before the internet? I don't know. They went by city, right? Or like, I mean, Tom Lemming doing what he's doing right now, getting in his car and driving. <laughs> I remember USA Today put out the top 10 players. That was back in like 2000s. Isn't it amazing that Tom Lemming is. Isn't it amazing that Tom Lemming is doing the exact same thing that he was doing like years ago? He's still driving around to every city, bro. Damn. Still driving around. All right, best recruit in the modern era. That's your that's Manti for you. I mean, technically, but it's Jalen for me. Okay, Manti for the for the what it was. For me, I'm gonna say Michael Floyd. I remember his recruitment. That was huge. You could go Clawson as well. Because when Clawson when yeah, Clawson decided to go, that was huge. I think people wouldn't say it only because of his end of his career there, but yeah. going in, it was like he couldn't do no wrong. But that but who was hyping that? <laughs> you know, that's you got to look at who was doing that. Most influential recruit for Notre Dame. Will Fuller. In the modern era, because we didn't expect it to be at what it was, and he became consistently great for three seasons. High draft pick, impactful in you know, and offensively, because we haven't had nothing since. And that was seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. We haven't had something like Will Fuller for ten years. My counter to Will Fuller is Zach Martin. Ah oh, man. Well then I, you can I I think <laughs> Zach Martin. I think Zach, but Zach got Zach gave birth to Q. Yeah. Well they, Zach was the first one that yeah. got drafted first round. He start he started the run. Zach Martin was the like, yo, that was the dude that turned Notre Dame into O line U up yeah. until today. Zach Martin is one of the most influential. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, yeah, Ever. yeah, yeah. That's true. He, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be Zach, and then Will. Will got to be top three recruit because of what we still don't have for this long. It's like it's like a it's not a record, but it's a understanding. 
it was Rocket, and then it was Will. Yeah. Rocket, and then Will. And then Michael Floyd, a couple years. But that was it. We ain't had nothing since Will, and this is going on 2023, 24. Now, you, you don't have to answer this, bro. If you don't want to, you don't have to answer this. <laughs> the biggest bust. <laughs> the biggest bust in Notre Dame recruiting. What is considered a bust for college recruiting, I guess? I don't I, I see I'm, I'm I have empathy towards injuries. So if they you get injured hype on Danny Spawn, I remember that. They were super hype on Danny Spawn. And then he got hurt, like something with his neck. And then okay. Jalen. But I don't know. Jared Grace, because he got hurt and never heard from again. That's what I'm saying. He got hurt. And He's never heard from again. That's, that's Aldridge got hurt. I got Devontae. one. I got one Devontae for you. Neil, Devontae no. Neal. No. You think so? Only because he was the number one recruit and Gatorade player of the year. Started as a freshman on punt return during the 2012 season. And 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 I mean that I mean that was a forced thing by the coaching staff for a top recruit that didn't that it didn't pan out. Hmm. Mike McNair was a running back from out in California who was supposed to be that dude back in the 90s, bro. Never really panned out. I guess Gunner Kill. Well, he didn't stay. He still was a bust. He, even when he left, he still was a bust. He was all right. He didn't want to... Yeah, when them, you know, them, 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 them kind of guy careers. He had a nice little, uh, what do you call it? Oh, dang Chris. Dang Chris absolutely was a bust in my opinion. I'm sorry, bro. Well, you throw all of them in that bucket then. Oh, I'm sorry. You can throw all of them in that bucket if that's the case. I'm sorry. Uh, every time I watch that 2010 Michigan State game, Michael Floyd should have had like five touchdowns. He's just wide open all night. This oh, he was just, bombing it. Oh, he's throwing it in the ground, overthrowing it, throwing it short when he's five yards ahead of the defensive backs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's hard. It's hard to really call somebody a bust because so many of these things are because of injury, right? I guess you're right. With Gunner Kill, he was only there for a year, so we'll. I could be fair. I could be fair with that. You got to look at it from the perspective of how the coaching staff felt about the players, because that's ultimately, I think, what determines it based on how the. The coaching staff forced you in there. That's why I said Devontae Neal, because they played him before he was ready based off the hype. Okay. All right. 
and it was he wasn't ready, but but technically that's a bust because they thought you was ready. Okay. Let's see. But that's the kind of like you know who knows. It's like a like Tyler Buckner. Is he a buzz at Notre Dame? Injuries, man. I that's you know what that's what I'm saying. Best developmental story. This is a good one. A guy that was I, I would throw a Wusu up in there. CJ. Yeah, yeah, I would throw CJ in there. To become a third round pick running back from not even playing running back. All of the defensive ends from all of the Mike Elston defensive ends. Oh, I throw all of Ade. Jonathan Bonner. John Bond, dude. Yeah, Khalid, Khalid, Kareem. Yeah, my everybody Mike Elson got basically, <laughs> except except Lewis and Tuit, except those two. Let's Romeo, see. Julian, both Julian, of them. both of them in the league. Yeah, everybody that Elson had except Tuit and Knicks. Sheldon, hell, Sheldon's still playing, but Sheldon in. Jalen Alien, yeah, Sheldon was kind of like four star, high four star coming out of the nap. Yeah, and except Jerry, Jerry was good coming in. Jerry Tillery was good coming in, absolutely. One could say Harrison Smith. I don't think people thought Harrison Smith would be the player he was at Notre Dame and then turn into the all pro NFL player. Okay. That he's been. So his development was probably. Will probably be a surprise to people. Hell, Ian, the greatest winningest quarterback of all time. I mean, you have you have to give some credit to Ian. Ian Matthias Farley, he's still playing. Man, no, he's still playing in the league. While I was <laughs> biggest surprise while I was playing. Yeah, guy still playing is Matthias without a doubt. Without a doubt, he might be our, the longest vet right now outside of Zach. Because Will retired, uh, Eifert retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, outside of Zach is is Matthias as the longest Notre Dame player. Yeah, maybe Sam Young if yeah. he's still in the league somewhere. All right, last but not least, the one that got away. It's easy to say, Randy, Randy Moss. Moss. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Over Peyton Manning. And the Peyton Manning thing, yes. Randy Moss and then Peyton Manning coming in a close second. No, 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 not Peyton Manning as a close second. I'm saying it's not Peyton Manning as number one because Peyton Manning wasn't that great at Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. So not the one – I mean, Peyton Manning, if he was the, the Colts Peyton Manning. Yeah. But I would say Randy Moss or – Allen Iverson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allen Iverson was in there. Um, it's always surprising to hear who was about to come to Notre Dame, but somehow didn't because of some crazy, crazy, crazy. But they was like, "Oh yeah, I'm about to commit to the next day," and then yo, generation or something crazy happened. Right, dude. B. Drisk told me this crazy story. Of how Luke Keekley wanted to come to Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Well, because he went to Boston College. Of course, of course. I'm and sure. they chose and the guy they chose over him. I was like, what? Was, uh, was <laughs> like, so, 
non boutique like that. It's always somebody. It's always someone. Dang, Luke Keekley would have been tough. Oh, you are Luke Keekley at Notre Dame. He would fit great with Manti, Jalen, you know, he would fit great. Bowsu. I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else? Recently, somebody that got away. Well, I mean, yeah, you could say Keon Keeley, but he hasn't played a down yet. So we don't know what he's going to become. Not recruiting Caleb is a crime. Like, not even having interest is a crime. I don't know how close Amir Rob was to joining his brother in South Bend. You said what? I don't know how close Amir Rob St. Brown was to choosing Notre Dame over USC, but. That's interesting. I don't know. Myron Roll had Notre Dame in his top three before he went to Florida State. I believe that. Um, that's a great conversation, though. The ones that got away. Hey, I would say Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know how serious he was. No, nah, he was serious, but until we told him that on the visit, we want to make him a corner. Well, there you go. You can throw Zeke on that list. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Leave it up to Brian Kelly. Yeah, we want to turn you into a defensive back. We missed out on the, the, what the tens, the tens era's best running back was Zeke and Saquon. Well, Zeke really Saquon absolutely here, absolutely Zeke. So the best running back in the tens was Zeke. Yeah, damn. Well. Zeke and Derrick Henry. Sorry. <laughs> Can't forget about Derrick Henry. That's interesting, love. Yeah, the best running back in the tens is Zeke and Derrick Henry. That's crazy. Yeah. Saquon had one year. Hmm. I feel like we're missing somebody from, from a developmental story. Developmental story. Frank Stams. Frank Stams was a great dude. Frank Stams ended up being the sack leader on the 1988 National Championship team. Really got his change to take a step forward when Lou Holtz took over. And then ended up playing in the NFL, bro, for multiple years. Damn. He's a he's a great developmental story at Notre Dame. Yeah. That's a great that's a great story. And heck, there are so many players that started off playing one position under Lou Holtz and ended up playing a totally different position. Man. Ty, uh, Lilo Galante, Ty Isaac was a sucker. He was always a sucker. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he had no heart, bro. 
That was my class. Yeah, I could have told you about Ty Isaac. He went to Michigan. Right? He went to Michigan first and then ended up going to USC, transferring out to USC. I always think of Ty Isaac in the same light as uh, the guy from uh, UCLA, the, the, uh, the running back from UCLA and just got picked up. What's his name? The light skinned dude. He's big. You said the UCLA guy that just got picked up. Yeah, the running back. He was big. He was big time. He oh, the one that just got drafted, that transferred from Michigan, Charbonnet. Charbonnet. He reminds yeah. me of Charbonnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always get those two mixed up. Man, Lucky Lefty Podcast. We gave you a lot today, man. We talked about turning the corner with the running back position, welcoming in a new era with Dylan McCullough, Dylan McCullough's impact in recruiting and doing so. Then we talked about recruiting and went down the all-time recruiting at Notre Dame in categories. It's a big-time show today, Left. Yeah, we continue to spin a different styles. Prescott, welcome to the Notre Dame family. The young man out of Hamilton, Indiana, right outside of Indianapolis, committing to Notre Dame. So now we just wait to see if Gerby Lambert can pull the trigger. Bronte Johnson finishing up his visit. Notre Dame sits in a pretty good place. They sit in a pretty good place. Now they just have to seal the deal with the big dudes. That's it. That's it. And, and Kedron Young. Kedron Young commits to Notre Dame last night. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Great show, Left. You know what time it is. Junction. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Stories of the Day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Yo, have you seen the viral video where the young lady's doing a report from the Stanley Cup? And, yo, she stiff arms a rowdy fan as he tries to come in to mess up her shot. I want to pay honor, honor and honor to her, dude, because she stayed on point, <laughs> stiff-armed him, and never missed a beat in her reporting. That's a fantastic job by her. And uh, you, know, you don't understand how difficult that is out in the field. That's it. That's about as good as the, uh, the Steve Smith one. When he was like, what are these players bumping into me? They're not going to be playing either. 
Man. You got to be tough with your back turn, though, because they want you to stand right in the action. And, you know, players that are warming up, they, they know how to regard to the sideline personnel necessarily. They think you're in the way. So they overthrow a ball or something, they're going to get the ball. <laughs> you know, watch out. Oh, man. And then, you know, there's nothing worse than ordering something at a restaurant and then the food just isn't the same. Have you had that experience, love? Where you go back home and you have your favorite spots you used to go to and you're like, man, you got your mouth ready for what you used to get back in the day and you order it and it's just not the same anymore. No, it definitely is a disheartening thing. You know, that's why you got to make, you know, annual trips annual. I had that experience recently, left. I've been doing really well with my diet. And I tried to go get me a six-piece from Harold's. They ain't frying it like they used to. I don't think the grease is flowing through my veins like it used to, left. Oh, it's not tasting the same. <laughs> it's not tasting the same, my brother. Yeah, your taste buds and got then flew out to California. They, they had uh, they trying avocado toast and stuff now. Yeah, you know. oh, 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 avocado toast, California rolls, all that type of stuff. Leafy greens, you know, all type of purple and blue vegetables you never heard of. Man, yeah, man, you're gonna tell you you're gonna drop the car, you're gonna get a bike. It's not even gonna be no sport bike. You gonna get one of them <laughs> bikes just to pedal on the beach. You gonna be something else, man. SD two coast, two studios. SD two coast. You're killing me with that, but I think I like it. I think <laughs> I like it. Shout out! I gotta put Kiki Palmer on the petty train. Mm. Kiki Palmer was on the. Uh, I think it's called the Terrell podcast. You know, Terrell, young guy, very charismatic, interviews a lot of people in the industry. And on this podcast, she had the nerve to say that uh, Claire Huxtable was was uppity. You know... There's a lot of TV moms I'll let you talk about. Claire Huxtable ain't one. She a hater. How, man, you know how many times Claire Huxtable darn near cussed her, her kids out? Nah, Claire, Claire Huxtable is what these women should want to be like. Man, Claire Huxtable Great was balance. everything, boy. Great balance. She, she knew how to be classy when it was time. It's because she wasn't a goofy like some of these people out here act. Absolutely, people. she she can laugh, but it's it's gonna be a proper laugh. That's gonna be a proper out. laugh, dude. She she's the mom that's not your friend. She but would put Elf man. She would put Elvin in his in his place. She the mom you need, not your friend. That's why you I know when the kids went to sleep at night, she would come with the apples. And the whipped cream in the living room and feed that's her, Cliff. That's her, that's her, you know, that's her laugh. That's her fun. Yeah. 
appreciative. You're grateful. You're grateful. Yes. Like that. Talk about uppity. What is she talking about? She, she wasn't laughing and joking all the time. Man, you don't Claire, need a Huxtable in your life. Claire Huxtable was everything. Do you hear me? That's right. She is Great a wife. she is a national treasure, and we That's shall right. protect her. That's right. Go yeah. do a man. Go do a spelling bee or something. Yeah, yeah, go, 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 go over there, man. Go try out for another football team or something. That's the wrong. That's the wrong TV mom to go after. They didn't have her as a satire piece. They was trying to put, let's put some real mom fundamental, white fundamentals on the show. Right, right. So Michael, that, man, that, Michael Campbell mom. said it best. Michael Campbell said it best, man. Michelle Obama grew up wanting to be like Claire Huxtable, dude. I mean, I don't really do the, the Obama thing, but no, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's Obama, right. That's right. Michelle Obama was all right. I'm just yeah. saying. She, she the listen. Claire Huxtable is the mom that could get the generation back on track. Yes, them the type of moms that can that can fix the fix the problems that's going on today, because they're gonna be accountable for the kids. Yeah, that's it. You know, I protect, I protect Claire Huxtable. I protect D from Moesha. <laughs> yep, she'll always be protected by me. But Tasha from Power, no. no. Oh no, you we send her to the guillotine. You send her to the guillotine right now. Just send her to the guillotine. AJ Blige from Power, nah. One of some of the worst mothers in this era. Those are type. Wait, yeah, those you, are probably the type of mother she likes, though. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah, are the type yeah. of mother she likes. You probably like a Monet. You like right. Monet. She because she would she want to be Diana. That's all it is. What you think? What, what about what about raising Kane's mama though? See, that's a that's a tweener for me. Cause I like her. I Ooh, think rock. She, you talking about rock? Yeah, I oh, like rock. Her. Rock is everything. I like Rock. Rock, Rock. Even though hey, she got hey, tough love and she don't make all the right hey, I like Rock. Hey, she's different than Tasha. Different than Monet. She hey, different. I like Rock, though. Respect. Rock, I right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if, <laughs> if, if you're not Claire Huxville, you got to be Rock. You got to be Rock. I, I can see that. But see, Rock, you can take Rock to a fine dining establishment. Yeah, she going to... She, you know, she in the room, though. But and hey, you could be stuck in the alley with her, and she gonna shoot her way out. She might give you the gun. <laughs> you like, I didn't even know you had one on you. Here, <laughs> you need this. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and man. Let's let's protect yeah. our TV moms, man. You know, low key, another TV mom I liked back in the day. My wife and kids. Nah, I, oh. I, I didn't do Tisha like that. I, I, really? Not, I didn't particularly, I didn't particularly, that's a funny show though, bro. That show was that show was hilarious. Or Bernie Mac's wife. I like Bernie Mac's wife. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I met her in person. Oh, is she cool in person? Bro, true story. True story. <laughs> you gotta put the hands up. <laughs> true story. So my boy, when he moved. He was like a a PA for the Bernie Mac show. Mm. So I go out there to LA. 
he tells me to take the taxi to the studio because he's still working. I walk in and uh, he's like, do you want to meet uh, Kalita Davis? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, cool. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm about to meet, you know, the sister. She opened the door and she was in a left. She was in a robe. And I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> of course, you just, oh, <laughs> la, 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 la. you like, oh, this one is, okay. Yeah, you, you know, and she opens, she opens up, she's in a robe, and I know I embarrassed myself because my eyes just dropped. Yeah, he was just like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I know I'm supposed to be looking you straight in your eyes right now. That's crazy. Yeah. But I shook her hand. She was really cool. She was really nice. Great TV mom. She was. Great TV mom. That's left. Let's do our top five TV moms tomorrow at the end of the show. There's a lot. There's a lot out there. LL, think about it. Your top five TV moms. Carol, Carol Seaver might be on my list, bro. Mm. Carol Seaver could be on my list of top five TV moms. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm telling you now, D for Moesha is definitely going to be on there. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Great show. Have a great Tuesday. See you tomorrow for another edition. Are we doing what are we doing tomorrow? We alternate. We doing prime time tomorrow? Oh, no. It's tomorrow's game three, right? They do morning, yeah. Yeah, let's do morning tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow morning, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Have a great Tuesday, but most of all, make sure you spend it different.